This episode of The Backdrop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by New Club Golf Society, a humble community of golfers connected by our love for the game. Follow us on social media with the handle New Club Golf. Welcome back. I'm Matt Considine. In our last season of The Backdrop, we uncovered the untold stories from the PGA pros, superintendents, architects, and operators who make it possible for us to play the game we all love. To kick off our new season, we turn the mic to our members and ambassadors to show you how the community itself might be the best part of golf. <laughs> and I've been joking about pronouncing your name for the longest time, but really? this would be the only place to do it wrong. Okay. Baloo. Baloo, like the bear in the jungle book. Not Baloo. Baloo. Yeah. Baloo. Baloo. Yeah. Like beluga whale. Beluga whales. You know. Baloo, the bear in the jungle <laughs> the book. In the <laughs> uh, mo some older generation folk know uh, Cat Baloo, an old Western movie. Wow. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, John Baloo, welcome to The Backdrop, a very special edition of The Backdrop. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor. <laughs> it's good to have you on. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first of our uh, member-focused series, meaning we're just going to be interviewing members. Um, kind of the idea last year being we interviewed a ton of people uh, at the golf clubs that we were going to, head pros, superintendents, people of interest, um, about the places we were going to. But now... We wanted to kind of flip the table and highlight some people that we actually might be playing with. And Mark and I thought, who better to start with than John Ballou, our current club champion? Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, got a nice ring to it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. It's awesome. Yeah, Awesome man. being on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. Thank you. So uh, let's start with the club championship. Okay. Let's go back to that yeah. day. We're yeah. sitting here at Five Iron Golf in the bag. The, the literal bag room, you know, recording the bag drop in the bag room um, in February. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was September. That was like yeah, late September. September. Beautiful fall day. Beautiful yeah. fall, warm day. Yeah. But uh, you had to win, you know, four street matches, mm -hmm. the, the, the sweet 16, if you will. Uh, but what do you what do you remember most about about that day? Yeah. Well, there's a, a few a few things that come to mind right away, which was just the the setting. Right, the setting for that day was really, really unique. I had never been to the Dunes Club before. Uh, you kind of roll in. There's some, you know, there's some dew out there. You're kind of in this back area. You don't really know what this course is going to be like. You're warming up at a net, but it's just got this uh, beautiful uh, layout of that nine-hole course that we just kept making loops on. Uh, so the setting is kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, the second thing would be the company, right? I think we had a really, a really awesome crew of people out there supporting one another, even though there was some good competition going on. Uh, and then, as people yeah, kept getting knocked out, the yeah, gallery would the glow, gallery grow, would grow, a bit, yeah, a little bit ch chippy. It was getting yeah, pretty chippy. It was, and like uh, as you're playing, like you know, you want to perform, you want to win, right? So there, there definitely get some nerves going on. But uh, so yeah, the setting, the the co company and competition, and uh, yeah, then I'll, I'll remember probably some golf shots that I hit that day too. So yeah, what? Uh which one stand? Which one? Give us one of your most memorable shot from the, that day. The shot. Uh, well, you and I, I think might have talked about this a little while back, but I think there is a shot that probably won me the tournament, and uh, is par five. I think it was the third hole. Yep. Is that right? Yep, par yeah, five. Yeah. Par five, third hole. I pulled my drive left into the trees, and uh, I was trying to hit a little punch out. I thought I had a good shot, and it, but it clipped a tree. And I ended up in some deep, heavy rough. 
about 200 yards out, hitting my like third in, shot. Like in moguls, too. Yeah, you didn't have yeah. an even your, – your feet, uh, I believe, were above – the ball yeah it was, uh, because it was like those little moguls that they you know man-made little right, rough area that right. splits up the two sections of the fairway absolutely yeah so and my plane competitor my playing partner at the time right he was sky ralph Scotty. shout out yeah, Scotty, Scotty should great great uh just a, great match yeah just a buzzsaw all day was <laughs> yeah. absolutely tearing down everybody he went up against <laughs> i think the guy made like 17 birdies in his first three loops around the place that's pretty impressive oh that's, he was yeah. on fire i yeah. i thought there was nobody that was even gonna touch him yeah and, and you everyone was saying well john's playing so solid i was like dude I'm watching Ralph just roast drivers three ten down the <laughs> middle and then hit you know gap wedge in the center yeah. of every green. So yeah. I just I, I lost a little money on you, but that's okay. That's Continue. Right. Well, Keep go, we'll, go back. We'll make it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, go back to your. So yeah, you know, and so I, now I'm hitting my third shot into that par five, and Scotty's like in prime position to you know make a birdie. I think he was way ahead of me, and um, so I had to hit this kind of like shortened up knockdown four hybrid out of this squirrely lie and as soon as it came off the face uh i was like that's pretty good shot and i even said be right and uh i think you were standing right behind me Uh, with a microphone yeah (laughs) Yeah. either a microphone or a you know a a camera an iphone making instagram live videos so and it and that shot landed um you know about maybe i don't know 15 feet pin high and i i ended up making the birdie to have the hole well, you, I think you yeah. knocked him first. I did, and Scott, Scotty made, he, he, uh, made right a great birdie. He was yeah. like a pretty easy standard birdie for him, and he poured it in right on top. That was to have the hole, but that was uh, that shot, I think, right there kind of like kept my momentum going. I think that was because I, I birdied the par three before that, so well. I think yeah. that it allowed me to maintain the, the one-hole lead at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I thought that was the momentum shifter just because, mm-hmm. I mean, it was clearly Scotty's hole, you know, when you were standing over that that, yeah. that shot, that hybrid. And, uh, yeah, I, that, I remember that. The other thing I remember from that day, at least, uh, you know, pertaining to your play, mm-hmm. was your stretching routine. Oh yeah. Now anybody that's actually played with you probably knows what I'm talking about. You know, it's like <laughs> a it's like a cross between uh, I don't know, like Chris Paul warming up for a basketball game and Angel Jimenez. Sure, yeah. You, you really get into the stretches. I when do. Did, yeah. When did that start? When did when did you just? It's it's very specific too. To walk mm-hmm. us through kind of your pre. Uh, warm-up routine yeah absolutely well when did it start uh i'm an old man you know so i've got some back and shoulder problems and i I took a long break off of golf from 2013 to 2017 didn't play much so then back in 2018 when i started trying to like get my body in a place where i feel like i could play then i started realizing how important it is to get your body feeling good and ready to play. And that's way more important than warming up and, and banging, you know, irons and, and, and drivers out there at the, at the range. So that's right. kind of when and why it started. Um, and then how, man, I don't know. Uh, so basically, you know, I kind of, I have a, I have a, a top down approach. So I start <laughs> and I start making sure that I'm first, you know, warmed up, get just get movement going in the body so that my muscles are warm. And then I start, 
start uh, kind of stretching and activating from kind of the the shoulders down to the feet. Yeah. Uh, and I just make sure that everything is is ready ready to go. And yeah, there's a combination of stretching and I don't know activation as I would call it. And that's right. that's the routine. Yeah, right. yeah. It's it's distinct. Uh, it's definitely you know. I actually didn't know that like people had picked. Oh no no no. <laughs> Picking's not the word. I think admiring is the yeah. word because yeah. he, here's all I know is I'm watching everybody warm up. 16 you know finalists of the club championship mm-hmm. and everybody's fighting for one of the two spots to hit into that net. Yeah. You know the Dunes yeah. Club famously doesn't have a driving range, which I think is superb because every club in Scotland and Ireland doesn't have driving ranges either, or most of them don't, at least the Lynx ones. Uh, you just play you know mm-hmm. you just play but the number one thing you can do and you said it is is stretch so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just watching everybody you know standing around in the cold morning air yeah waiting to hit a ball into a net mm-hmm. and then john's over there right on the first d just doing his superman stretches you know <laughs> and i'm like oh there's a guy who activating yeah it's activating so you know you don't want to just stretch you got to activate the muscles. Stretching, you know, that that doesn't do much, but right. activating does. Right. Yeah. I I was curious. It makes sense now. You yeah. took time off golf and you kind of yeah. you know, reprioritize. I want to get into that and your your whole your whole journey of golf. But first, mm-hmm. I thought it might have been from your your spouse or your wife oh, who yeah. is a, a champion yeah, Ironman. Tell tra- us a little yeah. bit about what she does and and how that kind of like sure balances your golf. Yeah, so uh, Laura, my wonderful wife, um, she is very competitive in the triathlon scene. Uh, she does a lot of Ironman races, full Ironmans, half Ironmans, and then does a lot of just regular marathons as well. Uh, she's been at that for, you know, since before we've been together. And during my hiatus from golf, I am uh, basically just took on a full-time Sherpa role. You know, that's what they call it, a Sherpa, when you're carrying all the gear and all the stuff and, and helping them uh, complete an Ironman. You're the, you're the husband Sherpa, right? So, uh, yeah, I think there's part of that like watching how much dedication she puts into that and kind of uh, perfecting her craft and, and how, um, you know, she just really takes care of her of her body. I think that, and, and then also how competitive and how successful she's been with uh, triathlons. It, uh, it did probably uh, light a little fire underneath me to make sure that I was getting my uh, competitive outlet as well. Yeah. 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 I can't imagine, you know, you're uh, <laughs> like, you, you shared her schedule one time and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh you know she's traveling all over the world yeah these things yeah and then i found out that you actually sometimes will you'll always go and support but you also take the golf clubs along i do you know and it wasn't until recently it wasn't until uh maybe a year or so ago where i was like wait a minute instead of spending all my time watching random people run in onesies you know like <laughs> i can <laughs> i can go and i can play some golf so yeah actually uh 2018 we were in uh I think it was 2018. Yeah, 2018, we were in South Africa for the Half Ironman World Championships, and that was kind of when it clicked. I went out, and I played some golf while she was prepping for the race, and I was like, this is going to be a thing. And then since then, yeah, when when she travels for a race, if I go, I'm, I'm traveling for golf. Yeah. But and, I still am supportive. Let's be clear about yeah, that. You, no, you know? Sherpa first, <laughs> golf, yeah. golf geek second. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It panned out for you it did this, this year this was past this year, year this yeah, year yeah so how many hole-in-ones did you have prior to 2019 prior to 2019 i had had one hole-in-one in 2012 uh when i was living up in wisconsin i was a member up at a club there i had, I had a 
I had a hole in one there and when two thousand twelve people were present. Yes. Yes they were. <laughs> and then uh and then when we were in Hawaii for the world championship, Iron Iron Man World Championship this past year in October, I was uh I was lucky or unlucky, depending on how you look at it. I was lucky enough to get uh, a hole in one, but I was playing by myself. Uh, that was back in October of uh, of last year. Uh, but sure enough, the next race we traveled to was a race down in Tucson, Arizona, and uh, I was playing by myself again. Laura was running the marathon, and I was I was playing golf. And I stepped up to the 16th tee, and I hit the group in front of me, and they were kind enough to let me play, and we played as a five-some the remaining, the remaining time on that, on, or the remainder of the round. And so we step up to the 17th tee, and the golf gods uh, hit me with another hole-in-one, this time with witnesses, so I was able to get <laughs> two in the, in the matter of a couple months. I, yeah, I think... Yeah. Uh, Anyone that would ever doubt your character of making a hole in one on your own, you know, I'll fight that person. I appreciate. I, that. I didn't yeah. question you for a second, I, yeah. uh, but others maybe did. And and you shared a video <laughs> on our, our uh, recent golf trip of that you just felt compelled that you had to like record, yeah. not, not the shot. You can't record mm-hmm. your own swing, obviously, but you recorded your whole pursuit up to the hole from the golf cart down to what a hundred and sixty yard hole and then over into the cup. And I thought just the sound of your voice was something that you can't fake, you know, like yeah. it, it was so visceral. It was just, you were so excited and you're like, holy crap, this is it. I made this, I made this. Where you're looking around for people too, yeah. which I found very entertaining. It was, uh, I just, you know, I, I saw the ball go in. One hop, you know, just hit maybe six feet in front of the hole, one hop and in. And it was like out of a movie or out of a, a commercial. Remember the commercial where the kid hits the hits oh, the hole the in one? Yeah, uh, and yeah. no one's around to see it except like the groundskeeper comes up and he's like, hey, I'll buy you a Coke or something like that. Right. Do you remember that commercial? Right. Well, right. that's kind of what it felt like. I was like, like no I- one's going to believe me, right? So I have to, I, I went and I grabbed my phone and I just started narrating myself, you know, and going up to the hole. And, and I, I had to do that just to prove to uh, whoever, my, my wife, my dad, it doesn't matter that it happened. I, I didn't manufacture this, you know. That's, that's yeah, awesome. So yeah. sitting on three. Yeah, sitting on three. And more, more who knows? Yeah, who we'll knows? see. We'll see. Um, so take us back to how, who, who got you started playing golf? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. You know, I played really baseball was what I, what I played most of my, you know, growing up and into my adolescence. Uh, and you know, my dad was my baseball coach. We had, you know, one state championship when we were 13 years old and baseball was always baseball. And then right around that time though, uh, when I got into junior high, I started noticing, you know, some of my friends were starting to play golf a little bit. And uh, my dad had played golf, but he had, he had never introduced me to the game. I, I don't know why. Maybe it was something that he thought maybe would happen later. And so as I got into junior high, um, you know, I, I did eventually ask my dad, like, hey, like, I do want to learn how to play golf. And he, and he was all for it. And we went out and got a little, you know, junior set of clubs and uh, wasn't even a full set. But that was uh, at least like now I had a set of clubs that I could call my own and I could go to the driving range and kind of hit some balls. And then um, so that's kind of when it got started, I would say, like that adolescence, like thir- 13 years old. And then uh, then, and then I loved it. Lions yeah. Township or high school? Yeah. 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 And then I went to um, high school golf. 
So I, in you know, fall's coming up, and you're going into freshman year of high school, and I wasn't really all that good probably at the time, so I really took that summer. My dad really helped uh, teach me the game that summer leading up to freshman year and uh, was lucky enough to, uh, to make the golf team, uh, and then it, that was kind of my focus from there on out. Yeah, I still played a little baseball, a little volleyball as well, uh, dabbled in some basketball just for fun, but I would say... Uh, yeah, high school is when golf became my sport. Yeah. What was it about golf then that that kind of hooked you and obviously became your main sport? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what was it? Was it similar things that hook you now or maybe got you back into the game, you know, in your most recent stint? Is it similar or is it totally mm-hmm. different for you now? That's a really, really good question. I think um, back then what got me into it was uh, I like the I like trying to perfect it. I like I like the the quest for perfection when it comes to golf. Perfecting the swing, you know, uh, hitting a perfect shot, and and there's multiple ways to do it. And I kind of found a really good like independence and uh, in trying that to you know in that quest for perfection. And I think I really liked that and gravitated to it. I, although I loved team sports, loved baseball, basketball growing up. I think what's cool about golf is. It's you in the golf course. There's nobody defending you. Um, you know, it's just it, it's just you, and it's up to you to get it done. And I, and I really like that about the game. Yeah. And then and then this yeah. most recently, I mean, you're you're still obviously trying to play your best. You like to mm-hmm. play competitively. You've you know done well in the new club matches. Clearly, uh, is it still that chase of perfection for you now, mm-hmm. or is it is it something different? Yeah. So. Um, I think now it's become kind of the uh, a little bit of like the out the the community outlet. I, I think I found that actually through new, new through new club uh, is really like there's there's more to golf than just trying to be good at it. There's now uh, you know I'm I'm discovering in my later year you know in my adulthood now that uh, the community and aspect of it is is something that really kind of draws me to it. But absolutely deep down, like I am a competitor at Nate, at, at heart and. Uh, I want to beat my own score. I want to beat the players that I'm playing with. I want to move up the leaderboard in a tournament, and and that continues to to push me to get better. But at the end of the day, uh, I just love being on the golf course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So still still playing for a number for an improvement for you know those those marks of mm-hmm. progress. Right. But but it's more about the, the yeah. Experience. It's more a bunch of the, uh, about the company. I mean, I think uh, I think this past you know we went on the winter trip. Right, yeah. and that winter trip to, down to Florida was, um, you know, I, didn't, I, I don't, I don't know if any of us played our best golf, but we had the best time, yeah. and that was because we were in a, a great golf courses with great company, and uh, and that trumps everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had, uh, I mean, it was a short trip. We just did the weekend, obviously, in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. but I had, I had a moment uh, where you know you haven't hit a ball off grass in a long time, and I just mm-hmm. like was running late like I always am and I hit like four bladed shots on the Bermuda grass there and I'm you know running the first tee at, at TBC <laughs> Sawgrass and everyone's waiting on me um but I did have a moment there's just like here's here's three guys all members of new club mm-hmm. who uh come from different states different families none of us knew each other prior to to doing this thing and um, I just thought how cool that is, you know, and, and I've gotten to, to know you, you know, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast right now, you know, and it's, it's just so funny that these, you know, any friendship, there's some shared something, right? Mm-hmm. Shared experience, yeah. shared hobby, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, for us, it's golf. 
but then in, outside of golf, there's a hundred different ways that we're all different. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a really cool part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, the other thing too is, uh, there's very few sports for instance, or even activities in general where you're kind of, you're, you're locked into interfacing with that person or (laughs) with that group for four plus hours. And I, I don't think that happens very often. So because of that, you are forced to ask questions and get to know people and be inquisitive about their backgrounds and kind of, you know, and, uh, just create that, uh, a dialogue. And I think it's such a, you know, the golf course is a platform for connection in that way. And yeah. I think that's really special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to Sawgrass cause we'll, we'll revisit right. our rounds there. But, uh, you did a stint in the golf industry. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm amazed it hasn't come up till now, but, uh, <laughs> tell us about how you got into the golf business and, and what mm-hmm. you actually did for, uh, for pain. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I graduated college, not like probably most college grads, like what the heck do I want to do? You know? And there was part of me that like, Oh, I wanted to go chase, uh, getting involved with businesses. And, and, and you know, that's what my, you know, I thought I'm a business major, you know, econ, uh, let's go get a business job in the city. Let's, that's what you do. You get a business job yeah. in the city. Right. Yeah. And so I, I had an opportunity to do that, but kind of simultaneously an opportunity came up to work for ping. And I was like, wait a minute, like, why don't I go do that? I, you know, I uh, had played a ping putter forever, uh, really respected the brand, obviously was, was big into golf throughout my adolescence. Like why not chase that, chase that passion of golf. So uh, I remember, uh, I remember flying out to Phoenix. Um, it was kind of the, the sales rep in the Chicago area was somebody that I, I was tech repping for. And, you know, I got to be a tech rep for him, kind of like an internship almost in that summer, right after college. And then uh, through him, kind of got a, an opportunity to go interview at, in Phoenix at headquarters. And I remember as soon as they offered me the job on the spot, I accepted on the spot. It was like, yes, like wh- when do I move? When, when do I come to Phoenix, right? So I flew back to Chicago, packed up my car, drove out to Phoenix, f- uh, found an apartment, and started working for Ping in the, uh, in the fall of 2006, that would have been. So uh, from there, you know, when you, when you join Ping, first and foremost, they want you to like learn the business, learn the customers, learn the products, learn the processes. So uh, for me, that, that was in the customer service department. I did customer service for about six months. And that's just uh, fielding 100 phone calls a day from places like Five Iron or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, you know, Cog Hill or, you know, whatever the, the course right. is, you know, whatever accounts are, are calling in. So I did that for a while, then moved into uh, consumer relations and product specialist, as they call it, which meant I traveled the country in the mobile fitting van doing fitting days, know the product inside man and in out and yep, man in the van, set up the track, man, bring out all the bags and just fit people for golf clubs and, and get them into the right equipment and hopefully, uh, you know, push the brand. So I did that for a little while and then, uh, was given an opportunity to take over the Wisconsin sales territory. So then I, I ran the Wisconsin sales territory from, uh, the winter of 2008 through like the spring of 2013. 
And uh, so that, you know, managed all the accounts in Wisconsin, was responsible for all their ping business, and eventually just decided that I, I wanted to move back home to Chicago, um, become, uh, or find my way into a different industry that was maybe a little bit more, in my opinion, like dynamic, and that's when I kind of got get into one of the those startup city world. business yeah, jobs. Yeah, get one of those right? city business jobs, right? <laughs> you know, and, and everything that ping afforded me was awesome the, the experience was tremendous uh but at, you know kind of as things were winding down i i didn't want to be on the road so much i wanted to kind of have something a little bit more uh stable i guess you could say uh so i decided to move to chicago and and change industries yeah, yeah. well it's yeah. it's uh it's done you well i know you're, you're <laughs> you just took a new job yeah uh, as chief of yeah. staff for a pretty big startup here in town so yeah uh, yeah i'm excited for our uh our growth potential i think we're gonna do good things right. yeah yeah but take me back to the range fitting days okay how yeah. many <laughs> how many fittings do you think you did in in what amount of time oh wow okay let's try to do some math i guess okay so not my strength i'll try to hang with yeah, you. yeah so i i was probably doing fittings uh from the time let's say even that, let's say some de- tech rep demo days in the fall of 2006 through 2008. With plus, I did demo days as a rep too. I don't know, man, thousands. I mean, yeah. you got to figure I was on the range, um, you know, most days of the spring uh, and summer months, and you know, you usually have a full fitting T sheet, you know, so you could be fitting. 10, 10 people a day at minimum and uh, I don't know, re- recycle that for a number of months and years. Yeah, thousands of fittings. I've seen a lot of golf swings and fit people into a lot of golf clubs. Right. Yeah. What, what, yeah. Did, what do you think you learned most from either of, of the golf swing, let's say, because yeah. you've seen a lot of them probably. Sure. Maybe yeah. not a lot that you'd like to, to remember. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you've you've fit a lot of people. Like what Yeah. Yeah. What did you learn about the golf swing? What did you learn about maybe in a, a key to getting a proper fitting? Yeah. So um, for one thing that you learn <laughs> right off the bat that is, does not relate to the golf swing is just patience and like how to solicit feedback from people, right? Like did that feel good? How did that, you know, sound, everything, and, you know, impact? What was that like? So it's just like a, you learn that, that patience and kind of solicitation as well. But when I learned about the golf swing, I'd say there's a lot of different variations of the golf swing, but impact is key. Yeah. If you, I don't care what your move looks like. If you can create a good impact position, you can hit the ball pretty well and you can get around the course, I would assume. So, uh, I think that was one thing is, is trying to figure out like how people got to impact and, and what does impact look like? And then from there you can, uh, you can kind of dial in your fitting. Um, you know, one thing that people probably don't realize about fitness are like, Oh, I'm not good enough to get fit. I'm not good enough to be fitted for clubs. Um, but like that's just false you know i think everybody if you have clubs within you know that are fit to you you will minimize your miss hits a little bit more and uh and maybe it's more readily noticed by somebody who's a, a solid ball striker uh but everybody can get fit and can and can take uh advantage in getting fitted but what yeah. do you what do you th- tell somebody and you're not in the business anymore yeah, so yeah. just a reminder john is not fitting people for golf clubs sure. he's not paid by any oem there's no manufacturer <laughs> same checks so like i just be curious to get your opinion yeah because you know, people ask me all the time you know hey i'm, I'm looking to improve mm-hmm. i'm gonna get some lessons i'm gonna mm-hmm. do some fitness maybe uh, and I'm going to get fitted. And they asked me like, what order, 
you know, do I, do I get these 10 lessons and mm-hmm. then go get fitted? Do I get fitted and then go get these 10 lessons? Like what, what do you tell people when they ask you that? Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, the golf swing is always evolving for everybody, right? Justin Thomas, Maria McElroy, they're all working on things and that all evolves, but I, like, let's take that off the table, right? Like, don't worry about that so much. Your, your golf swing will evolve by default, but it won't do it like drastically where it's not going to like throw you off. Uh, in terms of a club fitting. So if you're literally just getting started and you have uh, maybe like no idea how to swing a golf club, then yeah, you'll probably want a few a few lessons just to understand what you're doing with the golf swing before you get fitted. But if you, if you play and uh, you at least kind of have your swing, um, even if you are trying to take lessons and get dialed in, um, you know, you can kind of do lessons and fitting kind of in tandem, I think. Right. Uh, you know, maybe a, a couple lessons under your belt, get some tips on where your swing is going, and then that can kind of help educate you in your fitting process. Um, but uh, I, I would say that it, it's not one thing. It's not a, a waterfall. Like this has to happen first before this thing happens. I think you can kind of do some things in tandem. Um, and, and eventually you just kind of dial it in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of always mm. think of it. It's like a essay question where there's not just one answer to mm-hmm. the problem, you right. know? And, and so like me personally, I used to play with a really strong grip mm-hmm. and, and I, I weakened that grip and my clubs were all out of whack mm-hmm. uh, because I was much more upright. Sure. So yeah. I could have either kept playing with a really strong grip and all my clubs would have been, you know, dead flat, perfect lies, mm-hmm. or I could have, you know, improved that little piece in my game quote unquote improved because a lot of good players have won a lot of majors with strong grips. Right. Right. But, uh, it's like, well, what, what do you want? You know, what path do you want to take? Do you, yeah. do you want to play with a strong grip or do you want to play with a weaker grip? Do you, you know, want to play upright? Do you want to play flat? And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think a lot of people think of it that way, right? It's like True. you can perfect an imperfection with your current setup. Uh, or you can work on the imperfection and then you got to go get new clubs. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good point. Cause a lot of people like in reality, like how many people are making really drastic swing changes right? And, or, have and, the right time or have to, the time to do that. Yeah, like really, yeah. like really change their complete, you know, swing path and, and by multiple degrees and things right. like that. Right. And I, I, I think that's where m- maybe people get a little bit gun shy in terms of, Oh, I don't want to get fitted because I'm making some swing changes, but unless you're doing some big overhauls I, d- I don't think it's going to affect you too much yeah. this is a good uh transition from that to to a personal question what's mm-hmm. your favorite golf club you've ever owned or oh, you've ever had wow. in the bag wow okay i'd imagine when you're working for ping you probably rotated through yeah a, a bunch we, of i had ones. a lot of clubs and yeah so you don't be you don't get very attached to clubs when you're changing them in and out every year you know and just and just upgrading to the new thing but i i will re- i do remember um in high school uh, I bought a Ping Iso Pure putter. Okay, do you remember these putters they had? The insert, the insert white insert oh, that yeah. had Ping written right in the oh, face, yeah. black black lettering right in the face of white insert with black lettering Ping. Uh, and I didn't work for Ping at that time. I just that was the putter that I wanted, and I got it. I think when I was maybe like a junior in high school. And that thing, I still have it at home, uh, but it stayed in my bag until I started working for Ping years, year, years and years later, and. You know, I, I won a couple junior tournaments with that putter, and uh, you know, so it, it holds a special place in my heart. I won't get rid of that one. It, yeah. uh, offset, 
flat? Uh, it kind of looks like answer to model. Answer yeah, the yeah. answer to model uh, was the, the model of the club head, and the line was the ISO pure line. Yeah. 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 God, who of our age bracket, people, you know, yeah. don't go in into mid 30s. I mean, who didn't putt with a ping putter right, at some point? Right. Because know, it was it was kind of the, our high school days were a little bit prior to the Scotty totally. craze. And I mean, I mean Scotty craze is just Scotty kinda, Newport. The Newport is the answer, right? right? Like that is it is that same putter, right? But uh, eventually, I don't know. Alan Iverson is the answer, but yeah, I, I hear yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> um, uh, shout out Philadelphia and Philadelphia ambassadors. Um, so getting into uh, just kind of other things in your life so you know we, we talk a lot of golf on this podcast mm-hmm. obviously makes total sense but i think it's cool for people to hear especially now that we're focused on our members you know some things that they're into outside of golf is there anything you're i don't know currently obsessed with or especially passionate about um you know i could i could give like uh you know, I think about where do I spend my time and it's, it's work and family and golf. Right. So those are like, the, so I could give you an answer of like, oh, I you know, I'm really passionate about leadership and accountability and communication. Right. Like that's the work answer. That's the work side of me. Sure. Uh, but I think outside of that, uh, man, I think Chicago's got a great food scene and I am all about trying new restaurants and I love, especially growing up in the suburbs too. Uh, I think people from Chicago land area, they have a unique uh, taste for Chicago street food. And that's something that I, that I can get real passionate about is what I would consider Chicago street food, right? You're talking Chicago dogs, Chicago tavern style pizza, not necessarily deep dish, you know, your gyros, your pizza puffs, your Italian beefs, like, you know, you could, you could get into it pretty deep with uh, Chicago street food. Yeah. Chicago street food. I, I yeah. got to say, I need to get more out there into the streets. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I, you know, you're, you're looking for your hole in the wall places, you know, that, that you wouldn't even know existed until you walk in and they're serving up the best Italian beef you've had, you know, where's or, your, where's you know? the best Italian beef? Cause I'm a huge Italian beef. Fan. All right. Little Joe's is, is a staple for me. Little Joe's is uh, a little place kind of near my hometown. I grew up in LaGrange, a, a neighboring suburb is countryside. So little Joe's is in countryside. Uh, and damn, they make a good Italian beef. Oh, right. and their cheese fries. Um, you gotta go to the oh yeah, gotta get the cheese Obviously, fries. Obviously, yeah. this goes along really yeah. well with your uh, uh, health and fitness regimen that yeah. you guys, that you <laughs> exactly. and Laura have in the house. Yeah, just, Laura just and I, we we allow ourselves to cheat on the weekends. That's weekends. what we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you get back to training Monday morning. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, cool, man. I think uh, maybe just one last thing to leave our our members with. You know, what what is something that you'd like to impress on them, either with the game of golf or or just uh, life in general? Yeah. Um, Wow, that's a that's a pretty you can get pretty profound with this I one. Get, I, I'm get actually, deep. I get deep. Here, that is yeah, that's pretty deep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit. Uh, you know, we're talking about golf and how it's uh, uh, creates connections and creates community, right? Uh, you, you mentioned that I recently moved on to a new company, and when I was leaving my previous company, uh, I had been there for about four years, and that's bittersweet, right? You're leaving what what your family or was, you know, you're leaving your family. Uh, but was something that I kind of passed along in that departure, and I, I guess resonates here would be um, networking and right connections last forever, 
right? They, they like the fact like you and I could never see one another again, but we are connected in the experiences that we've had with one another. And I think that uh, the network, your network, is probably your strongest tool in your tool belt. So uh, it never dies. Uh, it never, it never, never, you know, goes away. Use your network, um, leverage it, and uh, and just uh, enjoy the network. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's really awesome to hear. Actually, that's we, Mark and I were talking today a little bit about just uh, the connections being one of the mm-hmm. the unspoken values to uh, any group, but you know, particularly this golf society is it's you know business and otherwise. Yeah. Just people mm-hmm. that are you know. Uh, seeing in the mobile app somebody that's a dad at their kid's school, you know, it's kind of like just just a little degree closer. Um, Absolutely, yeah. that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks, John. Oh, well, actually, I, the one thing I forgot to circle back on was TPC Sawgrass. Oh, TPC, yeah. Let's talk a little yeah. bit about that. What uh, what was your take on the golf course, and and what did you think of the whole? Experience? Yeah. So, to me, the golf course was like it was bigger than life, right? And and the reason I say that is because. Uh, growing up, you know, playing Sega Genesis and you're playing TPC Sawgrass, you know, and trying to win the tournament. You're, you know, all those holes from a, from a video game standpoint. And I laugh at it because like when you get back out on, when you get out on that course and you're actually trying to hit the shots and, and you're looking at, you know, they had some of the grandstands up and just kind of some of the, the architecture of the holes. It just, it's bigger than life is kind of the, the thing that, that I don't know, I just felt when I was out there. And then, then uh, you know your approach to the different shots. Like, well, in the in the game, in the video game, I try to do this, but <laughs> like, not should I try to do that here? And you know, I know you and I had some R one backspin yeah. wasn't really working. Exactly, yeah. You and I had some conversations about that on the course uh, while we were playing. But uh, well, if, if you hit it like yeah. you, it's a video game. The way <laughs> no, I, no, 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 I, I was hitting it, I don't know if that was. Uh, um, but that course, hey, like if you if you drive it in the fairway. I think you can actually you, you got some opportunities to uh, to actually put up a decent decent score. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I you know from a just purely uh, golf course strategy standpoint, it mm-hmm. is uh, it's not a wide golf course. You know, you have mm-hmm. to like you said, it got to be in the fairway, very penal off the, off of, off the tee, uh, very the penal. Tee, yeah, um, with yeah. both water and just crazy lies, yeah. pine and thick straw rough lies and, and thick rough. Yeah, but you know. Uh, Pete Dye, I mean, obviously a guy that just, you know, injected strategy in all his courses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, and playing it the week that the guy passed away too, was kind of mm-hmm. surreal in a, in a way they had a bunch of tributes to him down there. But, um, you know, I was, I just, I think my expectations were so low cause I, you know, typically tend to call the TPC places pretty soulless and, yeah. <laughs> you know, just a factory of golf and overpriced. And, mm-hmm. um, but it, what it did for me is gave me just an appreciation of the pro game, uh, again, to, to, you know, it's so hard to challenge those guys. It's mm-hmm. so hard to put them on a golf course that makes them think. And it doesn't really make them think that much off the tee because you actually, we were thinking because it was our first time playing it and there's, there is a lot of blind shots. You kind of like, how, how wide is the fairway yeah, up like there? Yeah, where's my landing area? You know, but those guys yeah. know all that. They yeah. have all the stats in their, in their book and their caddies mm-hmm. kind of rambling them off to them. So, you know, I don't think they're thinking off the tee that much, but they do have to take a lot of consideration hidden into those greens mm-hmm. and, um, I, I just thought like, man, this is, this is kind of how you test, uh, a, a PGA tour golfer and not just the bombers, but like everybody, you yeah. know, or, or mm-hmm. not just, uh, the short guys either. Like everybody would be tested on that kind of golf course. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's got me thinking a lot, especially after watching TPC Sawgrass, you know, this past week 
and yeah. or, or sorry, we yeah, played Sawgrass Scottsdale, yeah. Yeah. Um, where you know Tony Fino and, mm-hmm. and Webb Simpson coming down the stretch. I mean, it just it it is similar in a way. Sawgrass, I'd say, is is still more penal. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. certainly more more uh, thought provoking, perhaps. But mm-hmm. you know, they, the renovations they've done to Scottsdale, I think they're trying to do to to the you know what they've yeah. what they've done out there, but. Yeah, anyway, like uh, Scottsdale, I played one. I think I've played that once or twice when I was living out there. I never played Sawgrass before. Um, and I'm sure they've maybe changed some things up at Scottsdale since I've played. But I felt that, uh, to your point, uh, Sawgrass was a more penal course. It was just harder. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just, um, uh, I felt like when I was playing at Scottsdale, I was like, hey, wait a minute, you can kind of score yeah, out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get done. That's yeah. no problem. That's yeah. no problem. Well, awesome. John, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we'll give back uh, thanks to the people of Five Iron for letting us use their bag room. Um, we'll, uh, we'll leave everything just as we found it. And, uh, and yeah, man, thanks for kicking off the, our season of the member podcast. I'm pretty yeah, excited about pleasure. these. We don't know if anyone's going to listen, but if they do, you know, you'll probably get some people pinging you on Slack saying, Hey John, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Hit me up on Slack and, uh, maybe yeah, some, let's play some golf. Yeah. Let's play some golf. Let's <laughs> or go golf. get some Chicago street food or Chicago street food. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. We can do either one. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. Buddy.